Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Get our Bibles tonight. I know it's not Christmas yet, but I'm going to a Christmas story because it's relevant all the time. Praise God. I want to direct your attention tonight to the book of Matthew chapter 2 and verse 13. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 13. And I... I want to come to deliver my heart to you tonight in this message, but I want to preach to primarily our children and our young people, our adults as well, but primarily to our children and our youth tonight. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 13. And when they departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child. Everybody say, a young child. And his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Herod will seek to destroy the young child. Okay. When he arose, he took the child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And there was until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. <clears throat> then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof. From two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was diligently, in, uh, or that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard lamenting and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they were not. But when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared. In a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came to the land of Israel. I, I want to talk to you tonight about the anointing of destiny, an anointed destiny. Say that with me. Anointed, Anointed destiny. Everybody that is in this building right now, everybody that is here regardless of your age, you have an anointed destiny. You have an anointed destiny. Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening. Father, we are, we are just, we're just reaching to you. Lord, for what you have laid upon my heart today to speak to this body. Pray, Lord, that you would help me in, in formulating the words and let your anointing flow through this vessel and through my gift. Serve your people in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Let everybody say amen. amen. 
Praise the Lord. I want you to do something before you're seated. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, I want you to turn to somebody and tell them, say, I have an anointed destiny. I have an anointed destiny. I love reading the quotes of T.F. Tenney, and I believe I found this on Twitter, but T.F. Tenney said this, quote, Your existence is evidence that God thinks this generation needs something your life contains. Your existence is evidence, you being here, is evidence that God thinks that you have something to give this generation. I want to tell you that where your life is and what your purpose is, is powerful. Because the question will eventually come to you at some point in time that says, why am I here? Why am I here? To a world that is plagued with identity crisis, to a world that doesn't know who they are, to a world that doesn't even know if they're a boy or a girl, you will stand out like a radiant beacon when you begin to discover, I'm here for a purpose. I am here for a purpose that God made me who I am, like I am, for a reason. He made me in the nationality that I am. He made me in the gender that I am. He put me in the family where I'm at for a purpose, for a reason. We find the writer of Proverbs says like this, Proverbs 19 and 21. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. There are many plans in a man's heart, but it is the purpose of the Lord that shall stand. We are designed to have a destiny. We are not meant to wander aimlessly in life. Can I tell you young boys something? You are not here to just simply go through school, get a job, have a family, and that just be your existence. God brought you here for a reason and for a purpose. You young ladies, you were not born just simply to go through life and, 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 and do what people think is just the normal, uh, everyday thing that girls do. But the Lord said, I know that man has plans, but I have purpose. Man has thoughts. I realize that children and young folks begin to dream. I can remember dreaming about the day I'd get my driver's license. Oh, come on, somebody. You remember about dreaming about that? The dream I'd have for one day dating a girl or, or the dream I have for one day having my own family. But the Lord said, no matter how deep your dream is, He's got a purpose for you that is more powerful, more glorious, more anointed, more inspiring, more uh, glorious than any dream you may have. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that have prevailed. 
We are called to be in a living example in our life of his love, of his grace, of his mercy, of his compassion, of his will, and of his holiness. There's another scripture that says, Isaiah, Isaiah 43 and 7, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have created them for my glory. I've formed them. I've made them. You were created for the glory of God to be an instrument of his purpose. Hallelujah. And inside of you is something that is hidden right now. Inside of you is something that you may not understand right now. But I want to tell you, you were created with inerrant abilities and gifts and inclinations that is meant to fulfill your purpose in life. Just as a bird is designed to fly, just as a fish was made to swim, you were made to be something dynamic for God. Everyone under the sound of my voice, you are not here to just merely eke out an existence and barely make it through every day but you have an anointed destiny that makes hell shake today you make hell quake today you make every empt of hell worried about who you are this is borne out in even the life of a seed for in every acre and God hit a forest in every cow, God hid a herd. In every fish, he hid a school. In every bird, he hides a flock. A flock. God hides his purpose in every boy. In every boy, in every young man is a great man. In every girl, in every young girl, in every young lady is a great woman. I believe that right now in this place, we are sitting among greatness. We are sitting among divine anointed Hallelujah. Woo! Come here, Maggie. Praise the Lord. Isn't this a beautiful girl? I watch this girl as she worships and as she glorifies God. Amen. Don't you despise that. Don't you look down on that. Don't you think, well, that's just a child. Hallelujah. It may be a missionary in the making. It may be a pastor's wife in the making. It may be a great leader in the making. Hallelujah. I wonder what's hidden inside of you. Amen. The world. The world would say, get rid of that. You're not important. The world would say you're not valuable. But I want to tell you what God said. You're valuable enough. I'm going to put you in a family and in a home that you can make something out of your life. I'm going to put you in a church, amen, where you're going to be loved and cared for. I don't know what D's going to be, but he's going to do something awesome. Give me a high five there, buddy. Inside of that young man right there is something dynamic. Inside of these young men is something dynamic. It may be hidden right now, and you may get aggravated right now with them, and you might get upset with them, but why don't you... 
Why don't you look past the moment and not see a naughty-headed boy, but see a man of God on fire with God, living for God. I've come to tell you tonight, inside of you, Zach, it is an anointed destiny. You wouldn't be in this place if God didn't have that for you. Okay? Inside of you. The exciting thing about the way God looks at, at you and me is found in Isaiah 49, or rather 46 and verse 9. Isaiah 46 and 9. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. He declares the end from the beginning. And from ancient times the things that are not yet done. Saying my counsel, my purpose shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure. So what God sees to you, Caitlin, is not where you are right now. What God sees to you is where you're going to be in 20 years. Where you're going to be in 30 years. Where you're going to be in 40 years. And the Lord said, I got a plan for you. I have an anointed destiny for you. I have a place for you that I made you just like I feel the Holy Ghost today. I made you just like you are. And I put you in a place where that you can have that fulfilled destiny. And God sees you from the end of your life to the beginning. Somebody say hallelujah. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, we are given to us one of the most powerful statements of purpose. One of the most powerful statements of purpose. Romans 8, 28, and we know. Somebody say we know. It's all right. It's a purpose in work right there. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. We shout because we think that is because we feel good. If we feel good, then all things is good. How many know that life doesn't always feel good? Life can be tough. But if I'm living according to his purpose... And what is his purpose? For whom he did foreknow, the ones he knew ahead of time, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. This is the purpose that he said, I'm going to make sure that everything works out according to my will for his purpose. And that is to be like Jesus, to be conformed into his image. Amen. Verse 30 says, moreover, whom he did predestinate or plan ahead, he also called. And the one he called, he also justified. And the one he justified, he also glorified. What does that mean? That means that my purpose is in process. My purpose is in a stage I'm going from one thing to another until the day I can say I have been glorified in his presence and fulfilled his purpose within every one of you is the potential 
to fulfill Romans 8, 28 through 31. What did Jesus do? Jesus impacted his world, didn't he? Jesus had an answer for a problem, didn't he? Jesus served his gift and fulfilled his anointed purpose in just three and a half years. He turned the world upside down. Will you say that he was God manifested in the flesh? Oh yeah, he was, but he was also man. And as man, he showed us the example that we are to begin to emanate and to imitate, to serve our gift. God is called you to impact your world right where you are and God may call you to be a carpenter working on a crew building houses but what he wants you to do is that through that carpentry he's going to use you to turn that world upside down amen it doesn't matter some people say I can only impact the world on a big stage. I can only impact the world if I preach. I can only impact the world. Hallelujah. Can, can, uh, permit me. I, I don't, I don't want to be in, insensitive in any way. But let me say, were you here the Sunday uh, that we celebrated the life of Sister Jessica? Amen. I don't know her to preach one message but to her family. But the impact is, is, is immeasurable. Why? Because somebody decided, uh, hallelujah, I don't have to be a preacher to be an impact. I don't have to be a singer to be an impact. I can be like Christ because I have an anointed destiny. Woo! I wish you'd turn to somebody and say, if you knew who I really was. If you knew who I really was, hey man, you'd want my autograph. You want to know who, I, yeah, you would want my autograph. If you really knew who I was, hey man, and everything you've been through, everything you've gone through is meant to make you into the lady that God wants you to be. And you've got a choice. Are you going to fulfill your anointed destiny? Are you going to fulfill your anointed destiny? There are two major historical events where a government leader went on a rampage and began to kill babies. The first is in Exodus where Moses was born and there was going to be a great transition of God's people from Exodus out of Egypt. But what Pharaoh was trying to do is kill all the baby boys. Why? Somehow the kingdom of darkness understands the power of destiny as well. Hear this preacher today. Somehow the kingdom of darkness understands destiny. That some way in that baby put in the little basket. God took Moses that was just a baby and hid him right under the nose of a murderous, mean, diabolical leader. Tell me God don't have a sense of humor. We find the same scenario happening when Jesus is born. 
Moses is symbolic of the natural exodus of God's people from slavery. Jesus is the spiritual exodus of people from this world and sin. In that day, there was a man, as our story begins, whose name was Herod. Herod literally means hero. How bad of a person do you have to be ego-wise to name yourself hero? Or call yourself the king when you're not a king? Oh, does basketball start tonight? Some of y'all catch that in a little bit. Herod means hero. He had a hero complex. He called himself king when he was only a governor. He was not a king. He was just called king. But Herod was mean. Herod was ruthless. They called him Herod the Great, but he was Herod the Bloodthirsty. When the wise men came seeking for those What they said, the wise men showed up, and they said, where is he born king of the Jews that we may worship him? And boy, Herod's blood began to boil. We're talking about a man that was such a paranoid tyrant, he killed three of his own sons. That's right. That shocked me too. Not only did he kill three of his own sons because he was paranoid that they were going to take over, he killed one of his wives. Matter of fact, it was his favorite wife. He hate to see what he did to the least favorite. He had 10 of them. He killed his mother-in-law. Lord, help us, Jesus. He took the high priest of Israel and drowned him to death. He killed several of his uncles and a couple of his cousins. As a matter of fact, when he was laying on his deathbed, it is supposed that he had a stadium full of influential and very powerful Jews in this stadium, and the command was that when he died, they were to all die because then people would mourn for him. You you know what? This man was a wicked man. But perhaps the most evil and despicable thing that he did is that when he heard that Jesus or when he heard a king was born, he's 70 years old. That's old, isn't it? That's real old. It's not that old. Just, just, just think about it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Here's a man at 70 years old. He is dying of kidney disease. His body is eaten up with all kinds of sores. And he is, he's, he's, he's literally oozing out all kinds of puke and junk. If you ever watched the Bible movie, you would have seen this, okay? But he was a horrible man. He was a despicable man. And he was about to die, and he hears about a baby being born. And he sets out to kill the baby, so he kills all the children. The Bible says the word children. Most people believe that was all males that he killed. But anyway, it says all the children that he began to wipe out in one town and in the neighboring towns around. Hundreds upon hundreds of children that were slaughtered by this tyrant that came along and said, I am going to stop something that I'll never see. I am going to prevent something that will never be in my time. Why did he do that? 
Why was he so set as a wicked man to destroy kids? Because he knew that something was more powerful than them than their two-year-old age. Something was more powerful than them. Amen. It was called destiny. Destiny. Herod was afraid of the purpose that was in the little child known as the king of the Jews. Can I tell you tonight, you hear me very clearly. All you young kids back in the back, I want you to hear me clearly. Amen. Every teenager, hear me clearly. Inside of you is purpose and destiny, and it's anointed. It's appointed by God. God's put gifts inside of you. God's put something inside of you that is waiting to get out and hell is aware of it and hell is aware of it and what hell is setting out is trying to destroy your destiny get you so wrapped up in the things of life get you so caught up in all kinds of things amen hell may not kill you physically but if hell can kill your passion if hell can kill your thoughts if hell can kill your worship if hell can get you weak if hell can get you wrapped up in everything else but God kingdom I've said everything I've said so far to this point to bring you to my main thought put up Ecclesiastes I believe it's 12 praise God remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. The writer of Ecclesiastes is saying, don't wait until you're old to decide to live your destiny. Don't wait until you say, well, when I get out of school or when I get out of college or when I get married or when I do this or when I'll start living my destiny. You know what? The devil may be after you to try to destroy your life and your future, but the Lord has a way to hide you. He can take you to a place and hide you and protect you and keep you if you'll only understand that you're valuable. I've come to tell you tonight that all of the imps of hell is afraid of Maria what you're going to be. Hell is afraid of what you're about to be. Amen. I know, I know you're doing some awesome things now, but what hell is really afraid of is what you're going to do tomorrow in five years. And it's not a matter of just saying, I'll do whatever I want. I have an anointed destiny. I have a purpose and a reason. That's why I'm here. Remember, in the days of your youth, none of you kids under the age of 25 probably know who Paul Harvey is. But what I'm about to tell you is partly personal. And all you that know Paul Harvey know what that meant. That meant he was going to go off the news and start telling something about him and his life when I was in seventh grade, I got involved in sports at school. I played middle linebacker, 
with helmet and pad. In Texas, football was king. If you didn't play football on the street, you were a wimp. I'm telling you, we'd leave the parking lot bloody and, and dragging a leg, but hey, did you see that clothesline I put on that guy? Man, flipped him upside down. It was brutal. We played mean, mean football. Played it in school in seventh grade. Wanted to play basketball. Went up and saw that I didn't make the team. I went to the coach's office, seventh grade, tears pouring down my face, and said, I believe I deserve to be on that team. I believe I'm good enough to play on that team. I'm asking you, give me a chance. I went from the B team to the A team and made the all-star team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've told this story before. I did. I was bad to the bone. But something happened in the summer between the seventh grade and the eighth grade. God called me to preach. God called me to preach. I went to school in the eighth grade. When I got there, the coach had signed me up to play anyway. Even though I didn't sign up to play, the coach said, I want Gil on my team. I'm sorry. I've got a destiny that's bigger than your ball. I got a destiny that's bigger than the hoop. I got a destiny that is bigger. I, I don't. Can I tell you, I never made another all-star team. I never got on another team and, and made the, 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 the A-list. But what I have done is that I've walked and preached the gospel, hallelujah, around the world. I've been blessed to be a warrior of the cross. And now, by God's grace, he calls me the pastor of one of the greatest churches in the world. Amen. I want to tell you, God saw a destiny in me. Don't let Herod ruin your destiny. When I was a young man, I wasn't half bad looking. Part of my hair down the middle. Whew, feathered it back. Slicker than you would. You go see some pictures of me sometime. You don't think that, but that's the truth. Before I met this lovely lady over here and fell in love, one day a young thing started batting her eye at me. And all I did all I did was break her home from a church service. That's all I did. We were at my brother's house. This girl was not apostolic Pentecostal. I drove her to her house. That's all. When I pulled in in my brother's rabbit, VW rabbit, With my hair parted down the middle. 
feathered on the side. You watch it. I know where you are. I parked the car and got out, and there stood my six foot two, 200 and plus dad, standing at the door, waiting on me. Took me by the hand and said, Son, sit down. He said, Son, she may be a good girl. But God's got his hand on your life. God's got a purpose for you. And I'm telling you that you need to wait. Wait until, you know, the Lord sends you the right one. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, I never drove the girl again. I talked to her and said hi. The very next year, went to Bible college. Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. I'm glad that I waited. I said, I'm glad that I waited. I'm glad... Can I tell you a little bit more of the story? Is that the girl and her family moved to Memphis from Pennsylvania to try to find me. You may laugh at the story, but I will tell you this. I had a destiny that I did not know. And the decisions that I made when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 was going to determine my future. That's just a couple examples. I could give you more where the enemy had set up Herod's trap to destroy my destiny. I could have went down the wrong road, but I thank God he took me to Egypt. I thank God he took me to a place of hiding. You were born to achieve something dynamic. Don't let the devil destroy that in your life. Something awesome is inside of you. I don't know what it may be, but I can't wait to see what Tory is going to be. I can't wait. Your life is very important. So it's important what you watch. It's important who you hang around with. It's important where you go. Not because it's a heaven or hell issue necessarily, but it's a destiny issue. It's something that you've got to protect yourself. So when the time comes, God's going to send you the right one. And God's going to put you in the right place. Because you're valuable. You're important. Amen. And there is a destiny inside of you that God wants to use you. Hallelujah. When... When will we learn that hell is after the destiny? It's after you, buddy. Herod was 70 years old. What could a two-year-old do to him? You see, when the two-year-old, it was a fact that that two-year-old had an anointed destiny. The Bible says that the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And the things that he sends your way, boys, hear me. The things the enemy will send your way, the devil will send your way, will look good. It looked like, well, that's a good thing. But you need to check and see, is this going to, A, put me closer to God, or B, keep me further from God? Is this, A, going to influence me more from the world, or am I going to influence it? I want you to hear your pastor tonight with all that is within me. There is a dynamic anointed destiny. In every child in this place. I don't know what Ruby's going to be. But it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So when dad looks at her and says, honey, we're not going to do that. You're just not going to watch those reality shows. I'm not going to let your mind be filled with that mess. Hallelujah. Don't you get all caught up on social media. Why? You're, you're stunning my style. You're being mean to me. First of all, I never would have said that to my dad. But I am so glad that he took me by the hand and said, this is not for you. Because Ruby wouldn't be here if I had made a wrong decision. That went through some of your heads just like a high heel tennis shoe over in, in Paris. Why? Because somehow, ooh, praise the Lord, stand up here, Whitney. Can I just show you my baby? This is my little baby right here. This is my baby. Today's her birthday. I always said I had a, a shotgun shell with the boy's name on it. Yeah. I always said that she was my prized daughter, valuable daughter. And there were times I would say no. No, you don't need to date that boy. I tell you don't, we're not going to name the name. <laughs> Why? Why? It's me, Dad. No. Because I saw destiny. I saw purpose. I didn't know what that was going to be like and look like. You like this, preacher? <laughs> and when, it, when, when this guy come around, she broke up with him. Or didn't go, didn't start, didn't even start. Said, no, I don't want to be your girlfriend. And I called her and told her, said, you need to give the guy a chance. I have no idea at that moment why I did that. But now I do. Now I do. Somebody needs to understand that you are, Jace, you're more valuable than you could ever imagine, buddy. 
You're worth being protected. You're worth being loved. You're worth being watched over. And when your parent, your grandparent, your loved one looks at you and says, listen, I don't think that's a good thing for you. And you can't put every child in a cookie-cutter situation. Not every child's the same. You don't do I didn't. David certainly was different than Whitney. You don't look at them the exact same. But I want to tell you, until you can see what is in their seed, until you can see, and you parents, you need to look at your kids and see more than a knucklehead boy that won't clean up his room. You need to see some kind of destiny inside of them. Look at that girl beyond just that one fussing over her hair and all that kind of stuff. You need to see purpose inside of her. Amen. Because somehow... She just might grow up to be, amen, the worship leader of a church. Destiny. Destiny. We were privileged to have the Binghams living with us for a while. But I got to see up and close. There's a possibility that greatness is inside of you, boy. It matters how you live. It matters what you do. It matters how you worship. Don't sit on the front pew just to sit here. Worship God. Listen to the word. I was nine years old the first time the Lord spoke to my spirit and said that I was going to be a preacher. Emily? You're meant for something. Don't waste your life running after every little thing that comes along that looks shiny and pretty. Amen. God's already told you where you're headed. You need to get your world ready for that. Uh, amen. Come on, Sam. Sam, you've got a gift that you don't even know yet, but it's coming out. Uh, amen. It is time. It is time to say our kids have anointed destiny. John, you got anointed destiny. You're more important than you'd ever can imagine. You're more valuable to the kingdom than you could ever imagine, son. God's got his hand on you. That's why the devil's fighting you so hard, trying so hard to get you sidetracked and, and derailed. Amen. But you need to say, oh, Lord, take me to Egypt for a little while. Take me to a place of hiding for a little while. And when I come back, I'm coming back to be a world changer. I'm coming back to be an impact on the world. In the name of Jesus, everybody stand. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. In case you didn't know, this thing's been eating me today. Holy Ghost began to talk to me about this, and I said, I can't wait till a Sunday. I want to preach it now. I want to talk to our kids now. Hallelujah. You 20-somethings, hear your pastor. Hallelujah, don't settle now. Amen, you 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds and you seniors. Amen, you hear me tonight. Hallelujah, you are anointed. And there's something inside of you, Jolie, waiting to get out. There's something inside of you that God wants to use and the devil wants to kill. You've got to make a decision in your heart. I, if I have to, I'll go down to Egypt and hide out for a little bit until God is ready to use me. Around the age of 16, David was anointed to be king. What did he do? He kept on washing the, watching the sheep. 
He kept on doing his job. He kept on being Dave. But when the lion showed up, he killed it without anybody watching. When the bear showed up, he killed it without anybody knowing it. He didn't post it on Facebook. He didn't show it on Twitter and Instagram. He just simply did it. Until the day when he walked out and there was a giant there running his mouth. You know that's what giants do? They run their mouth. That's all he did. He had the whole army of God under fear because he was running his mouth. Oh, David said, wait a second now. That's all I hear is a bunch of words. I've never seen anything do, him doing anything. And David flipped it. And he had an anointed destiny to go up to that giant and say, I kill you. Please hear your pastor very clearly. There was a day I sit down with David right here on this. Remember? I sit down with him. Just he and I in this place. And I said, David, there are things in this world and there's coming a time you're going to deal with things in your life and ministry. I never thought about dealing. Never thought about handling. But you're here for now. And God has a destiny for you. Amen. And I'm expecting, I'm expecting that David and Grace become world changers. I'm expecting them to be history makers. About it, Austin. You still feel it in your soul? Still feel the fire burning in your soul? It's because there's anointed destiny inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You're part of that now. And you're part of that now. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil destroy you and say, I can't ever be. You know what? It just might be that some of you, like Daniel, is a catalyst for revival just waiting to explode. Crazy, crazy soul winner just right here. Amen. It just might be that somebody like uh, Bailey, God is about to explode and use in a way that will blow your mind. Amen. Because there is anointed destiny. It's a seed inside of you waiting to get out. Hallelujah. How about it, Eli? There's something that God has for you, buddy. There's something. I wish I could talk to all of you tonight and tell you, amen, inside of you it is an anointed destiny. And Herod, you can't have it. Herod, you can't have it. World, you can't have it. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't have it. You can't have it. You can't. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.